Hallelujah. Can we just lift up our hands to heaven and give him all the glory that is due him? Let's glorify the name of the Lord. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God he is. Lift up your voice and just thank him for the gift of life. Thank him for the gift of salvation. Let's give him all the glory for his saving grace, for his enabling grace, for his sustaining grace. Let's just thank him because he kept us. Let's give him all the glory. If it has not been the Lord who was on our side, we will not be here standing in his presence. Just give him all the honor that is due him. Lord, we are grateful because you are faithful. Thank you, mighty God, for the privilege to be a man. Thank you, mighty God. We give you glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have given thanks. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Celebrate the awesome man of God. Let's celebrate the man, the woman of God, and the leadership in this house. Is that the way to celebrate the man of God? Praise God. You may please be seated in God's presence. When I came in, I told him, I only have one problem. What are these women doing in our conference? Praise God. Because I started seeing women welcoming us. I said, what is that they do for here now? Now men's conference. Now one can take expo. <laughs> Praise God. So it's nice to be here. It's an honor. Um, every time we have an opportunity to share God's word, it's always an honor to be um, a blessing. I want to thank God for prophet. Prof is in the house. Praise God. <laughs> and one of my favorite gospel artists in the entire world is here today, Eben. 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 It's been amazing. Just God bless you. Praise God. Well, um, I'm told we're going to have question and answer sessions later. So I've just um, about 40, 45 minutes to share in this session. But I've got a lot of materials that I want to talk to you about. And um, the reason for that is even if we spend an entire week together, there are many areas we will not be able to touch that we need to have um, in our life. So we have a lot of materials here. If you don't have any of my books on finances, I don't believe that your library is complete until you have that. So you need to get this book. This is the first book I ever wrote on finance. It's called The Pathway to Wealth. It was formally titled um, How to Be a Millionaire. And after my experience, um, which I'll probably share some this morning, I had to write the book to help my primary constituency, which is the church. And um, I believe very strongly that if you are not informed, you'll be deformed. If you are not inspired, you will expire. If you are not updated, you will be updated. And if you are not in the know, you cannot be in the flow. Because what you know is what determines how far you go. Information is the key to transformation. And those who know rule over those who do not know. Praise God. So this one is, is a book that will be a blessing to you. It's for the primary concerns of the church, dealing with a lot of issues that has to do with finance in the church. And this is the Bible of wealth creation. It's called the School of Money. And if you have not gone through this school, get as a bureau. So get this one to help you. It's a book that teaches you how to make, manage, and multiply money, and also serves as a blueprint for entrepreneurs. I personally believe that entrepreneurship is the solution to most of the challenges that we have in our world today. Poverty, corruption, unemployment. When people know how to create wealth, they will not be poor. When people know how to create wealth, they will not be jobless. Because people go to school and then they finish school and they are not looking for a job. Question, who will start the work and employ you? Hello? So, 
we need to begin to create job creators because all over the world it is small businesses that grow the economy it's not the job of the government to prosper it's not the job of the government to put money in your pocket no the job of the government is to put infrastructures in place put policies in place and create an enabling environment for small businesses to thrive but how do you become a strong businessman when you don't know how to run an effective business so people can go to school and do bsc in business administration yet they can't run a business alone successfully why because they go through a lot of theories and not practical. So this book will help you. It's been a blessing to people all over the world. It will help you. Then we have a lot of older material. This one is called Cracking the Bologna Code. Cracking the Bologna Code. I write a um, finance book every five years. And then at the point when I was supposed to write the next one, which is Cracking the God said, no, School of Money has not finished its assignment. But we've done a lot of events on that. So Cracking the Bologna Code has three DVDs and three audios. And I brought in some of my guys on that and to bless you and then one of the things that god has used to bless me as an individual is book writing i've written over 100 books published 54 of them and i make money from my own book i have so i don't know i make money selling books all over the world and i've realized that a lot of people also want to do the same so i've come out with what i call how to be a best-selling author masterclass there are seven audio programs here and a manual, I don't, okay, the manual, and a manual, it comes with one year mentorship. So if you want to write a book, I believe there is at least one book in every individual, even if it's the story of your life. It's your story. Nobody has your story. So how do you write the book? How do you do so? That will help you. And then one of the other things that I major on primarily is real estate. And um, um, by the grace of God, over the years, I started around 1997, 98. So I've been around this real estate stuff. So most of the people you know now doing amazing stuff in real estate, they are all my guys that I trained and raised, a lot of them, and they are doing amazingly well, amazingly well. And all the things we used to train them, the curriculum, I put them together. Um, it took almost 15 years to convince them that we should put it out. It's like, ah, you can't reveal all this secret. So this is how to start and grow your own real estate business, real estate executive masterclass. There are 10 DVDs here. And I brought some of them to also share their story. Um, Pertinence is here. It's one of my guys. Um, uh, Life Page, Revolution Plus. They are all my guys. They, and they came to share their story of how they met me and how I trained them and how they started. And this is the manual that comes with that. So it's a massive stop. So when you get there, get all these materials. And finally, the Jubilee Pack. This one has five ma materials in there. So, and please, when you are going, can you help me? So, and please, when you are going to the bookstore, don't go with poverty mentality. Uh -huh. My books are not cheap. Uh -huh. So, when you are going there, just go so that you don't say, eh, I'm a, eh. no. It's very heavy. So, they are not so, but they, they all come with money back guarantee and they will bless you. Amen. Okay, let's open our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4 beginning from verse 1 to 7. 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning from verse 1 to 7. Just give me 30 minutes to drop some stuff and then we'll, we'll move on from there. 2 Kings chapter 4, from verse 1 to 7. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elijah, saying, 
Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be born men. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me what hast thou in the house. And she said, Thine handmaid had not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels, abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more and the oil stayed then she came and told the man of god and he said go sell the oil and pay thy debt and leave thou and thy children of the rest father we thank you because there is power in your word heaven and earth will pass away but not a jot of your word will go unfulfilled father thank you because we are here today as men in the kingdom ready to receive wisdom to stand lord i ask that you speak to us in a way that only you can let everyone listen to the sound of my voice directly and indirectly through the virtual world receive wisdom to stand and let us live here better than the way we came in jesus mighty name we pray and the saints of god shout a big amen. amen now people of god as god's children i believe very strongly that god wants us to be empowered god wants us to be empowered so that we can stand strong in different aspects of life one of the major areas where god wants us to be empowered is in our spiritual life god wants us to be spiritually empowered so that we can stand strong in our spiritual life as ambassadors of the kingdom god wants us to be spiritually empowered so that we can know who we are in christ we can have an understanding of the price that jesus christ has paid on the cross we can have an understanding of the benefit of our covenant walk with him our authority over the wicked ones so that we can stand strong rule and reign and walk in dominion but it's not just enough for us to be spiritually empowered so that we can stand strong spiritually god also wants us to be relationally empowered you need to understand that relational empowerment is very key for the maximization of your destiny as a child of god if god will do anything in your life it will do it through the instrument of a human vessel uh, but guess what if the enemy also wants to mess up your life it will also need a human vessel that's why you need to be relationally empowered so that you can stand strong in the place of relationship as a child of god you need to understand that you don't need everybody but you need some people you need the right kind of people in your life because what you know and who you know determines how far you go so it's not just enough to have knowledge it's very very important to also have the right kind of relationship strategic relationship that will help you to be all that god wants you to be guess what we're born as a result of relationship it's a relationship between your father and mother that brought you into this world guess what we are alive because of relationship and guess what when we die why are we 
going to die because of a relationship because there is a relationship we have with our creator god that we need to continue to explore on the other side of eternity so god wants you to be spiritually empowered god wants you to be relationally empowered but god also wants to be financially empowered he wants to be financially empowered economically empowered so that you can stand strong financially you need to understand that money is a tool for the fulfillment of purpose money is a tool for the fulfillment of god's assignment in your life and when you are a man and you are not spiritually strong there's going to be a deficiency when you are a man and you are not relationally strong there's going to be a deficiency when you are a man and you are not financially strong there's going to be a deficiency and that's why in my own portion of this meeting this year i want to talk to you about how you can stand strong financially because i believe very strongly that as a man when you are financially strong it will help you in the journey of destiny now the portion of scripture that we read today is one of the portion of scriptures that god used to bring about my own deliverance and my own liberty as i began to journey through life i got born again as a teenager i became a pastor at the age of 21 at the age of 21 i was ordained a pastor before i clocked 25 i'd already been called to start a church so i've become a founder and overseer from the age of 25 so i've started very young this year makes it 33 years in ministry so i started very young and because i started very young every aspect of my life was moving very fast the what took people five years to achieve guess what it took me a few years as far back as when i was 27 28 i was doing events and filling stadium with 12,000 people 15,000 people every three months people gather from all over the world to come sit down to listen to me so everything was moving except this money matter this money aspect was just not what it was supposed to be and then uh, in 1997 uh, i made one of the greatest mistake of my life i got married as a poor man now listen to the people of God the marriage was not the mistake but getting married as a poor man was a mistake because I fell to the trap of I love you the way you are it doesn't matter I love you the way you are and excuse me I suddenly realized by experience that when a woman tells you I love you the way you are I love you the way you are does not mean I love you to remain the way you are when a woman tells you I love you the way you are is a statement of faith every woman have an unconscious calendar in her mind if I suffer with this one at least between three to five years in story go change when five years come and your story refuse to change our own story about you will change I suddenly realize I suddenly realized that there is no romance without finance. I suddenly realized that you need money, and money matters a lot in the world of love. So I got married, and then frustration began. And I made the greatest mistake of my life, number two. I impregnated my wife. Now, the pregnancy was not the mistake, but impregnating your wife as a poor man was an error. You see, when you are single and poor, there is a remedy for your dysfunctionality. When you are single and poor, there is a coverage for your evil. Because you can call Jimmy, you can call Ukechuku, you can call Andrew and say, oh, oh, my guy, I beg, I'll come bunk for your house tomorrow. But you get Gary for a house. You can always look for some guys to cover you. But when you are married, married, and you don't have money, 
and the bills are there rent is due things are due and you stand looking at the bills that you cannot take care of and then you have a woman that continues to say are you a man he that cannot take care of his house he wasn't an infidel everybody called them man look at when you're on the pulpit your mouth is doing pay now you cannot pay By 1998, I became frustrated and depressed because I saw bills everywhere and there was no way to pay. And that was when I began to realize a lot of things because it's one thing to be poor financially, it's another thing to be relationally poor. Oh, Lowo, oh, Tuleyon. You are financially poor and you are also relationally poor. It's double the whole for dead body. And then in my frustration, I cried out to God. In my frustration, I cried out and said, God, I'm tired. I've served you all my life. I've lived for you. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't my nice. I've done everything. What is the problem? You, you said in your word. You said in your word. I started throwing the scriptures back at God and God began to ask me a question. Who told you? And for the first time in my life, I suddenly began to realize that many of the scriptures I have believed, I believe because Papa said, Bishop said, Reverend said, Doctor said. I suddenly realized that I did not have a personal revelation and a personal conviction of most of the word I said I was living on. And for the first time in my life, I said, God, you know what? I'm ready to listen to you right now. I'm not ready to listen to no religion. I'm not ready to no, to no interpretation of men. Show me your way. And God took me from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Eight months of an encounter with God. And God began to school me in the school of money. And took me from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Showing me the pathway to wealth. Showing me the religious interpretation of scripture that has kept us poor. And unveiling to me his mind concerning the scripture. After eight months, I came out. And God said, are you ready now? And that's when my story changed. So listen to me. This portion of scripture is one of the scriptures that God used to open my eyes and give me some clarity. And I want to show you some stuff from there as we lay the foundation for my own session. Now listen and listen well. Here we see the story of a couple. We see the story of a couple and the Bible calls this man a prophet of God. Now this man was not a fake prophet. He was a real prophet. He was a genuine one. Not a prophet liar. Uh, not a portfolio carrying prophet. No, no, he was a real prophet of God. And the Bible says that even though he was a prophet, he was poor. You know why? Poverty is not a respecter of persons. Poverty is not a respecter of titles. Poverty does not respect your age, your face. No. He was a prophet, but he was poor. And guess what? He made the mistake of getting married to a poor woman even though he was a prophet. Poverty plus poverty equals to calamity. So he was poor. When he wanted to marry, he married a poor woman. A pastor, I used to say we should marry rich woman. No, 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 no. But listen to me, poverty is in levels. Okay, oh, I don't know. Okay, but I can't. Okay, let me, let, me, let me quickly give you a crash course in poverty. You know, it's my jurisdiction. <laughs> now, listen, see, poverty is a spirit. Poverty is a mindset. Poverty is an habit. Poverty is a lifestyle. Poverty is a state. So, there are five levels. So, whenever you see a man and you say the man is poor, what you saw is a state of poverty. He doesn't have a good clothes. He doesn't have money to pay his bills. So, he said the man is poor. But if you see that man in a state of poverty and you say he's poor and you are a religious person, the first thing you will do is to go to the root and say, ah, there's a spirit of poverty that is troubling your life. 
And then you begin to bind and cast and begin to deal with the spirit of poverty. And if you have the power of God and faith in God and understanding of the power of prayer, you can dislodge the spirit of poverty. So now you saw a state of poverty and then you dealt with the spirit of poverty and then you tell the man you are free. But no, he's not free. You know why? Now the spirit of poverty has gone. You saw a state, you dealt with the spirit, but there is a poverty mindset, there is a poverty habit, and there is a poverty lifestyle. You know why? You see, when the spirit of poverty comes, devil is not omnipresent. So when he comes into a life or a territory, what he does is that when he takes over that territory, he installs a software, systems and structures that will continue to perpetuate his agenda in that life or that family. So when you deal with the spirit of poverty, the spirit will go, but the software is there. So the software that runs that life is called the mindset. That's why colonial mentality is still here. The colonial masters have gone 60 years or thereabout, and guess what? We are still in problem because they gave us dependence independence. So they left us, but left system and structures and mindset there that will keep us perpetuating the plan that they have, even though they are not physically there. So the dangerous thing to do is to think that when you are marrying someone, you are no, no, no. When you are getting married, I'm not talking of just poverty of money because mental poverty is one of the most dangerous one you see if somebody doesn't have money i can give you one million and nothing will shake but guess what if you have poverty mentality that one million will reduce to the size of your poverty do you understand if i give you 10 million you will reduce it to your mindset so when i'm saying that the man made a mistake to marry a poor man i'm not talking money it's, it's deeper than that but that's not my focus so now the man gets married to this woman and they made another mistake they started giving birth to children poor people they won't begin and have you noticed that rich people have few children, but poor people, they give birth to them as if they're trying to win an award. Every year, your wife is getting pregnant as if now she's taking it, taking it, and, uh, if this one don't make her, this one go make her. And you see poor people having all kinds of funny, funny, one, one year apart, and they are sharing clothes, sharing shoes, sharing everything. Now, so they got pregnant, number one. They got pregnant again, giving birth to children, and they were still poor. So he was a prophet of God, he got married, he was poor, and everything was out of order. And guess what? He died not being able to pay the debt. The Bible says a good man lives an inheritance for his children's children, but this one left debt for his immediate family. So the day they were sharing his will, it was debt they were sharing. Ugo Chuku, you know, Baba don't die. So Baba been the old 650,000. So Ugo Chuku, now he go pay that one. Uchenna. You know, Baba said, because you be first born. Uh, so, he get one money where Baba they owe. Where he can't use this house. Take the collateral. So, that one remained 3.6 million. Now, you go pay. That's what they were sharing. They were sharing debts. And the Bible says that when this man died, he died a debtor, left the wife with children and no money. And then, the creditor now came to take the children. I guess the woman thought that widowhood was a license for poverty. You see, emotion and sentiment does not work in the world of finances. There's a, if you are, listen, look, if you lose four family members, God forbid, but life permits. You lose four family members. How many coffee will you buy? Four. There's no discount. You can't put two dead bodies in one cup. They say, you know, because they know what you are going to know. When you go to buy coffee, they will say, hey, yeah, four people. Hey, we'll see that in one. Ah, ah, coffee don't deal. It's very expensive now. Hey. You will still buy for coffee. There is no emotion and sentiment. If you are owing, you are owing. So this woman is in debt. And then she does something very terrible to my mind. She goes to the man of God. 
and said, excuse me, sir. He said, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. Uh, prophet's wife, prophet's wife. Yeah, you know me now. See, I know you, madam. What can I do for you? He said, you know my husband now. He's one of your sons. He said, yes. He said, the creditor has come. They want to come and take my children. <laughs> Help me. So I said, ah, your children? Listen to me. One of the things you need to understand as a child of God is that in this kingdom, listen to what I'm about to say, the super is a combination of super and natural. The super will remain super without the natural. The natural will remain natural without the super. It's a combination of the super and the natural that will produce the supernatural. So everything you want to do, as you get the super dimension, find the natural dimension. Because even faith goes with a plan. And there is a wisdom and power dimension to this thing. Elijah was a type of the, wis- uh, the power ministry. Elijah is a type of the wisdom ministry. And guess what? If that woman had met with Elijah, this is what will have happened. What? You will be widow. Sure. So the man can go collect your children like that. Madame, Holy Ghost. Father, the art of the king in your hand. If I be a man of God, woman, I cancel your debts. The man will call you. In the next three days, I prophesy. He will call you. He will cancel your debts. You know what will happen? Within three days, the woman will get a call. Madam, I've thought about it. You know, let me just forgive you. Forget the debts. She will come to church. She will give a testimony. She will rejoice, but she's still poor. She's still poor. Why? Because what has been done is the introduction of power for intervention, but no wisdom for perpetuation. So many times, we have a lot of people in church going from mountain to mountain, church to church, man of God to man of God, looking for power for temporary solution. Yet nothing changes in their life because the wisdom that will help them to reproduce it has not been given to them. But guess what? When this woman comes to Elisha, I was shocked. Elisha did not pray for her. Elisha did not lay hands. Elisha did not anoint her. Elisha did not do deliverance. Elisha did not conduct Naivigi. Elisha did nothing that we're used to. 1998, my brain was shaken. I said, ah, God, what are you trying to say? Elisha didn't do any of that. You know why? Ignorance is not a demon. You can't cast it out. To deal with the spirit of poverty, we need power. To deal with the mindset of poverty, we need wisdom. So Elijah will have dealt with the spirit. The woman will have remained poor. But Elijah said, you know what, madam? Your problem, you need to go to the school of money. Didn't you ask me down? No, 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 no. And there's nothing wrong in prayer. There's nothing wrong in fasting. There's nothing wrong in all those things. They have their place. But guess what? When it comes to financial freedom, you need the wisdom of God and you need wealth creation understanding. Listen to me. I cannot pray for you. What God cannot do does not exist. But there are things that God cannot do. God cannot lie. God cannot fail. God cannot make a mistake. God cannot change his word. To be able to satisfy your emotional need. So we understand the power of that statement. It's legal because God is a good God. He's a powerful God. But let me tell you something. I cannot anoint you to be a driver. I cannot anoint you to be a pilot. I cannot anoint you to be a medical doctor. I cannot anoint you to be a lawyer. 
So when you come to church and you say, oh my God, I'm here to let you know what God cannot do does not exist. My God is a miracle working God. is a God of all flesh. There is nothing. Absolutely nothing. Impossible for him to do. Lift up your hand right now. I release upon you right now the anointing to become a doctor. The anointing to drive. Today you are a pilot. Receive it now. Are you a pilot? No. So are you saying the anointing is powerless? No. The anointing is tangible. The anointing is powerful. But the anointing as tangible, as powerful as it is, whatever you multiply by zero equals to zero. So when that tangible anointing meets with ignorance, it will be suspended. So you will be waiting with anointing on your head. You will now be a powerful poor man. Powerful yet poor because the power of God is waiting for knowledge to catch up. So when I tell you to buy a book, you know, buy no problem now. Oh, your poverty. <laughs> Hello? Hello? So Elijah will have prayed, but Elijah said, No, let me take you through the school of money. What do you have in the house? And Elijah took her through like eight different things that we call the eight step to wealth creation. I think there's a newsletter that will have been given. Do we have newsletter? Free. Okay, so get a newsletter free that deals with that. But let me deal with my message. I'm wrapping up now. Just, just came to do introductory work. Now, listen. What was lacking in the life of this man that made them to be poor? That's what I want to deal with. What was lacking? What was lacking in them is that they lacked investment mentality. That's what they lacked. They lacked investment mentality. That man lacked it. The family lacked it. Now, they had religious mentality. They had church mentality. He understood prophetic. But when he even understood how to marry and give birth to children. But he did not have investment mentality. So, let me share with you in the next 15 minutes as I close on developing investment mentality. The secret to standing financially. Developing investment mentality. So let's define it. What is investment mentality? Three quick definitions. Number one, investment mentality is a mindset that is concerned about the acquisition of assets and not liabilities. Investment mentality is a mindset that is concerned about the acquisition of assets and not liability. So when you have investment mentality, every time you want to acquire, because there are only three things you can do with money. You can spend it, you can waste it, or you can invest it. Now, so if you want investment mentality, it means that your mindset is every time you want to spend money or release money, is to acquire an asset and not a liability. An asset is anything that appreciates in value and produces cash flow. A liability is anything that depreciates in value and takes money out of you for maintenance. So number one, developing investment mentality is what? A mindset that is concerned about the acquisition of assets and not liabilities. The reason why a lot of people are poor is because they have acquired more liability than assets. They have a lot of things in their life that does not constitute an asset. You have three assets like a 419. You don't even have shares in the end of the telecom industry. And you are wondering why you are, what you are buying airtime. Is air for sale? Is time for sale? Yet you are paying for air time. So somebody has used wisdom to create a technology that will make you to pay for what God gave you for free. Why? Lack of investment mentality. And yet you don't have any shares in any of the telecom industry. Hello? You're on Facebook. You're not facing your book. Yes, you don't have Facebook shares. You're on Instagram. 
gram, check out the gram. And yes, you don't have shares there. You are on Microsoft, you are, not, you are, you are on all the apps. Yes, ordinary 10 shares, you don't have them. Why? Investment mentality is lacking. Number two, what's investment mentality? It's a mindset that is concerned about the multiplication of all that you have. The Bible says the thought of the diligent tends only to plenteousness. So every time money comes into your hand, you are thinking, okay, what can I do with this money? So how can I multiply it? How can 1 million become 10 million? How can 5 million become 50 million? How can 10,000 become 50,000? That's what you are thinking of. Every time you think of what to do to multiply the money, creativity flows. Because the way your mind works, the mind does not know the difference between imagination and reality. What you imagine and what you experience is the same to your mind. And that's why every time you think of buying a car, you say, okay, I want to buy a red Camry. What happens? You start seeing red Camrys everywhere. They've always been there. But when you open up your consciousness, you start seeing. So when you have money, investment mentality is, ah, this 100,000, how can I turn it to 1 million? Oh, palm. Ideas begin to flow. Opportunities begin to open up. Why? That's the way it works. But if your mindset is, hey, ah, this money, what can I buy? The very minute you shift to what can I buy, consumer, you begin to see everything you can buy. You begin to remember all the things you have wanted to buy that you couldn't buy that you can now buy. Number three, what's investment mentality? Investment mentality is a mindset that is concerned about bringing you to a level in your life where you will no more work for money, but money will work for you. So as a man, there's nothing wrong working for money. We all probably have to start out that way. But you need to have a plan. That, okay, if I started working for money, at least 10 years later, 15 years max, I should no more be working for money. Money should be working for me. Instead of you working hard for money, you now have a lot of investment producing cash flow, a lot of platforms producing income that sustains you without you having to work. So when you are working, you are working because you are fulfilling purpose and you are fulfilling destiny, not because you have to. Do you get that now? So investment mentality, three definitions. Mindset that is concerned about the acquisition of assets and not liability. A mindset that is concerned about the multiplication of all that you have. A mindset that is concerned about bringing you to a level where you don't work for money, but money works for you. So question, do you have that kind of mindset? Because that's what will help you to stand as a man. Everybody gets money. Everybody gets money. Let me go deeper about money. You see, money is tripartite. Money is a spirit. Money has a soul. Money lives in a body. What you have in your pocket, the paper, that's not money. That's the body of money. It's called currency. And it has different shapes and different color from country to country. So currency is geographical, but money is universal. So money is a spirit. The spirit of money is called mammon. Money has a soul. The soul of money is called value. So the soul of money is the value of that currency in the marketplace. But the value of that currency in the marketplace is dependent on the relationship of that country with the spirit of mammon. That's another curriculum that we can't go into. But you see, money also has a past. Money has a present. Money has a future because it's tripartite. So every money that comes into your hand, there is a past, a present, and a future of that money. So when you get money now, a portion of that money belongs to your past to take care of the bills you have already incurred. A portion of that money belongs to your present to take care of your ongoing obligation. But a portion of that money belongs to your future. It's called savings and investment. Because if you don't save, you are not safe. The money you save today is what will save you tomorrow. Are you ready for this? There is no tomorrow. There is nothing called tomorrow. There is nothing called future. It's a concept. Today is the tomorrow you spoke about yesterday. Ten years ago, you said your future is bright. Ten years later, is it bright? There is no bright future anywhere. You can never have a bright future except to create a bright future. So you can think, my future is bright. I will get there. When you get there, it's dark. 
futures are not created like that. The future you create is the future you inhabit. Let's start with the God himself. Where does God live? Heaven. Where is the footstool of God? Earth. Heaven is his throne. Earth is his footstool. Who created heaven? God. Who created earth? God. So the heaven he created is the heaven he inhabited. The earth he created is where he put his foot. So anything that will give you rest, you create it, that will give you rest. So that future you are looking for, if you don't create the future now, you will never have the future. You are believing God for a million. If you save 100,000 a month, in 10 months, your prayer will be answered. It's called the working of miracles. So why don't you have investor mentality? Why? That's what you need. Investor mentality. Now, let me help you do a diagnosis. To find out whether you have investor mentality or not, just answer this question. What do you do with your money? Because everybody gets money. Everybody. Haven't you wondered how people that live under the bridge, they have lived under the bridge for 10, 15 years, they have a wife and three children, they have not died. Everybody makes money. Haven't you wondered why the woman that is selling, all the things she's selling, gather it together, it's not up to 50K, but their children go to school and graduate. Why? It's because everybody gets money. It's not how much you make that matters. It is what you do with what you make that matters. But because many of us don't know what to do with money, because many of the things you are spending money on, they are actually liabilities, not an asset. If you sit down and think about it, you will find out that the kind of money that has gone through your hand is more than what you are praying for. But lack of wisdom to maintain has kept you where you are. So there are only three things you can do with money. You can waste it. You can spend it. You can invest it. Foolish people waste money. Average people spend money. Wise people invest money. So which one are you? Are you a waster, a spender, or an investor? Because every money that has come into your hand, even if it's 10% of that money you have saved, do you know that even if it's 10,000 you save every month, in one year you have 120K? Many of you are looking good. I know you have six pack, but you don't have six figures. Hello? You are looking normal, looking like a powerful guy. Any babe will encounter you now, go say, praise God, until money matters. And then you become a little bit of a man of 1997. Hello? Are you going to say now? So, you need to understand that if you are going to stand financially, you need to begin to develop investment mentality. All this wasting money, putting money on things that don't matter, you want to look good, you want to look, look, look. I have studied this life. I have never seen an ugly rich man. Never. Never. I never see ugly rich man. I've never seen an ugly rich man all over. Let him look like a chimpanzee. He can marry a queen. It's when you don't have money, you are compensating with six packs. If you ask six figure, that's your one pack is enough. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you have pepper, when pepper rests, uh, no, there is no ugly rich man. But when you don't have money, that's what you'll be thinking of. No, no, no. Haven't you seen all the billionaires? They just wear slippers, they wear jeans, they just get casual. But when you don't have money, you have to compensate with some cacking, cack up. <laughs> Because nothing is there. Let me close with this. <laughs> uh, I just want to ask one question. And that's what I will close with. How will your death be announced? I hope you know everybody will die. Uh, however, whichever age, my son asked me, funny enough, a few days ago, I went to pick him from school. 
And he said, how many years do you want to live? I said, I want 20. So he said, I want 20. No. He said, how can you want to be 120? I said, 120 is good. I said, you call. He said, me, I just want to be a teenager. I want to be a teenager. I said, you see your life? <laughs> to you, that teenager is one big dream to achieve. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. How will your death be announced? Because everybody will die. But guess what? There are only two ways we announce death in Nigeria. And when you hear the announcement, you know. Announcement number one. With deep sorrow of heart, we announce the sudden demise. It's always with deep sorrow. It's always sudden, even though the man is 84. It's sudden because they are still waiting for him to blow. He goes soon blow. He goes soon blow. He goes soon blow. By the time you go to the barrier of that man, he's in one bush somewhere. Or they are burying me in the little bungalow that is uncompleted so that nobody will sell the land. And when you get to that barrier, you go there, they'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. You get there, you discover that people are crying. The wife is there with like six children, all looking like HIV patients. Malnourished. And the wife is there. That cry is not the cry of missing the husband, no. It's the tears of pain and so saying, I mean, you leave all this while for her. I'm telling you. A woman came home one day and saw people around that compound. And they were saying, sorry, hey, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh-uh. So why you wish one be yeah? Sorry, 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 hey, sorry. God will help you take care of the children. Sorry. Uh-uh. So the woman came in and saw the husband lying down. And they've covered him with white cloths. And they were crying, oh, sorry. So I said, what do you say? Your husband passed on. He said, pass, go where? Papa, Papa Bombo, you crazy? I've been a madness. Remove this white cloth. Who you live this student for? Wake up. Wake, wake up. The man woke up. <laughs> you want to this student for me? You're the crazy. <laughs> So when you go to that barrier, you see a woman like that, and if you look very well, you see another younger woman with another small baby plus pregnancy. The useless man has a concubine. He has a side chick. He's playing away match. By the time they now finish the barrier, they will now carry the women to the village to go and shave their hair, to go and drink dead body water, because they say, you killed our son. Pass away poverty key. They say, now I've killed her. What's in the body where they key? But there is a second way to announce that. With gratitude to God for a life well spent. We announce the passing away into glory. Even if now hair is the go, now glory. <laughs> it's a glorious hair. <laughs> because the way where the man live for years, they know say, ah, you don't enjoy everyone already. Hell is okay. <laughs> By the time you go to that wedding or that barrier, it will look like a wedding. Everybody's just there, nobody's crying and you are wondering, they hate the man, they know hate her. When you see the widow, supposed widow, ah, only two children, one boy, one girl. The boy came from Canada, the girl came from America. And the widow is wearing a designer skirt suit with gushy silk Handkerchief, Fellini shoe, Louis Vuitton bag, police eyeglasses. 
And when you go there, nobody's crying, no. This is what you see. <laughs> nobody's crying. Cry for what now? The man has private jets. 17 houses. He has three houses in London, five in America, two in Canada. 1.2 billion balance in the accounts. $600,000. What are they crying for? He has lived a good life. By the time the barrier is over and you go to the house to look for the woman, it's the Aousa Malam you will meet. Amadou will come and say, hey, 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 Madame, you know day. Madame, you know day. Madame, you don't go to Canada, you go rest. Madame, you don't go to Canada, you go rest. <laughs> Is it that kind of woman that you now say she come to the village that you want to scrape her head? You will die well. God bless you.